everybody. Good evening. Welcome to uh, episode 99 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Countdown nearly I guess, complete. I guess I shouldn't say good evening or good morning or anything. Because who knows when people yeah. are actually listening to this. Yeah, exactly. My microphone is all crazy, you guys. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Good, good time you are listening. Fix it up. I am. I'm trying to. Uh, so uh, this is episode 99 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Did I say that already? Nope. You on the next I, one? No, I'm pretty sure I did you say did that already. Say that. My name is uh, Kevin I Panetta. Was, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Just like our listeners. That's my full name. I'm Nick. Okay. Yep. Let's let's do this. <laughs> I'm Jared. Okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're coming up on episode number 100, which In is going to be it's the next episode. Yeah, it's the next episode. Uh, and it's going to be live, you guys. It's going to be ill. It's going to uh, it's going to be off the chains. I'm having so many. <laughs> so many technicals. What's, yeah. what's going on? Over there we there? go. I got it. I got it. Uh, Nick, you need to turn your microphone towards your face too. Do I? Oh, there we go. Everything's going pretty good so far, you guys. Uh, so definitely come to the live episode. Yeah, we'll go off flawlessly. It's going to be just like this, except a lot longer. <laughs> and you'll get to see us screw up in person. Yeah. So we're going to do episode 100 live uh, on December 6th. That's a Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Sam Marks. I know you wanted to come and change it. You wanted us to change it to Saturday, but guess what? It's not all about you, buddy. <laughs> I got things to do. Yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. So blame Nick for that. Um, you just hit him up on Twitter at the real HH homes. <laughs> just come in. That's is that, is that your me. Twitter? Is that a, is that a real thing? That's my Tumblr. <laughs> oh, that's your Tumblr. <laughs> the real HH homes. <laughs> um, yeah. Tumblr. And, uh, yeah. So that's going to be what? Eight, eight thirty. Yep. On Friday night. Perhaps eight thirty two. Yep, and we're gonna um, we're gonna do it up. Do it. We up. did it for episode fifty, and it was fun. We got to yeah. plan stuff out. There'll, there'll be <laughs> yeah, we got to plan some, some stuff for sure. Uh, we I, have three weeks. We have three weeks. I'm gonna be spending one of those weeks in London, England. That's good. I'm gonna be spending. Yeah, that's Kevin's going to research. I am. I'm going. It's my wife's birthday. She's Hooray. a huge Doctor Who fan, and we're going for the Doctor Who fiftieth anniversary. There you oh, go. Nice. So that's pretty nerdy vacation. That I'm is. gonna be spending part of that one of those weeks in Tennessee. Tennessee. We'll see how that goes. Oh, like the Arrested Development song. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee. Exactly. Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> Is that how it goes? I have no idea. <laughs> it goes like this. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, it's like that Arrested Development song, Everyday People. Everyday. <laughs> it's like that Arrested Development song about Michael Bluth. Is there one? I don't know. Yeah. It goes like... There's a family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember how they intro. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna sing it, but I do, I do not remember either. Uh, you guys, today I sneezed like fifty times. <laughs> yeah, don't do it right now. We're, it, not, we're not to the news yet. yet. This is not the news. Oh. Yeah, it's, you guys. Today. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> it was pretty stuff. crazy. I don't Good know stuff. what happened, but it, this was like fifty times within, I would say, fifteen minutes. Oh, that's well, and there was efficient. a cus- there was a customer in the store, and they were like. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay? Do you Are, need me to call an ambulance? Uh, Please stop sneezing on me. Yeah, and I was like, I would like you to, but we do not get any reception in here. <laughs> um, Our plan yeah. backfires. What, what else have I been doing? I, you know, I'm just, I'm just writing all the time. Writing what? Zodiac uh, Starforce. Yes. Yeah. ZodiacStarforce.com. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Kevin Panetta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's that's about it for me. I've been writing. I went and saw Thor, as did Nick. Yes. Cool. How was it? We want to talk about it, but Don't Jared is here, so we can't. It was so awesome. I love the part where Thor dies. What? Yep, that part was great. Oh, um, is it the Ragnarok? There was a pretty, I will say, a pretty amazing funeral uh, in the Thor funeral. movie. <laughs> that was a great funeral. Wow. Like, think about the best funeral you've ever been to. <laughs> There's so many, to, so hard to pick from. Yeah, and then multiply that times like 
a bunch of flaming arrows. Which reminds oh. me, have you guys gone to the uh, <laughs> Tumblr of people taking selfies at funerals? No. Because no. that is the thing. Oh, boy. I did see on Tumblr today uh, just pictures of people that were wearing unfortunate shirts when they were getting their mug shots made. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, like, they were wearing shirts that said, like, breaking the law or, like, <laughs> go directly to jail. Nice. <laughs> Stuff like that. Or is, like, all my best ideas get me in trouble. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that funeral one, there was one where the girl's like, looking good at Grandpa's funeral. Oh, Lord. <laughs> then there's like, the other one. That, what? There's a Tumblr of selfies from people, like, going to, like, see, like, Holocaust sites or something. Like, here I am at Auschwitz. You're just like, no, no. don't. Oh, kids. I like the ones where people take, like, strippery pictures with, like, their toddlers walking yeah, around in the background. Too. It's, all good, it's all good stuff. Tumblr is, is heaven. Tumblr is yeah. a magical place. Follow Nick. Uh, Therealhhjumps.tumblr.com. <laughs> he doesn't post anything, nope. but it's great. But I do yep. look at things. <laughs> yep. And he does have a dungeon where he kills people. So um, I guess that's what I've been up to. What do you, what do you guys been doing? What's been going on, Jared? Uh, I went to New York City. and New saw... York City? <laughs> New York City. <laughs> yep. Did you get some salsa? No. Good. <laughs> yeah. We almost went to a Mexican place. I'm like, you don't do that in New York. You did do cool stuff, though. I did. I saw uh, No Man's Land and Waiting for Godot, starring Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen. Nice. Didn't you meet Ian McKellen? Uh, yeah. So after you finish the plays, there's a very small theater, The Court. Uh, there's like a metal door next to it, which leads to the alley, and they just come walking out of that. So they put up barriers, and you can just stand there. And so you just waited outside an alley for Ian McKellen? <laughs> yep. And he came out. So they were both nice. in Waiting for Godot? Yeah. Aren't the people waiting for Godot young? It did not say. It certainly implied that they have been doing this a long time. Was Hugh Jackman on it, too? No, but... Hugh Jackman? No, no. But while we were waiting outside, uh, there was a dude waiting to go backstage. And I'm like, oh, man, who's the cool people that get to go backstage and hang out with them? I'm like, wait, wait, that's LeVar Burton. (laughs) Oh, LeVar Burton. Yep. They're and still friends? Apparently. That's well, cool. He might have been friends with, you know, Ian McKellen, but... That's true. <laughs> I definitely saw a bunch of pictures of, like, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, like, hanging out, doing stuff. Yep. Yeah, there's just all over them. the internet. They're, they're bros. Uh, and I went to Comics Art Brooklyn, the new independent comic book festival up there, which was super awesome. Yeah, that's Sweet. exciting. It was I, the same place as it was the last two years, but now it's just run by Gabe Fowler of Desert Island. Also, it was your birthday. Mm. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Jared! Happy Thank birthday, you. Jared! <laughs> That's the birthday song. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> His birthdays would be so much cooler. Yes. If uh, there was like a reggaeton DJ there. Yeah. Um, so how was Comics Art Brooklyn? I It was packed. Uh, they think they said they had 4,000 people show up. Oh, boy. And it was like. But it, it looks small. It, oh, it's tiny. It's like the basement and the basketball court of a church oh was there a basketball game a pickup game there was no room i wish people dunking mini comics did, yeah, did sam there. alden dunk on cody Pickrot? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the best they did have a stage at the end of the basketball court that had giant cut out flowers drawn all over it it was very strange was this especially for comics art brooklyn apparently they do that for every show there there you go uh so so what was it was it just a floor or was there programming stuff like that too or? they had programming in a different building i didn't go to any of those but they had like uh david mazzucchelli and he's who, good from city of uh oh man i just forgot who wrote paul oster paul oster and david mazzucchelli just were chatting. talking about how city of glass got made into a comic that's cool yeah you know like you do that's a good comic it's pretty sweet Yep, it's great. Cool. So did you pick up any good books? Uh, I grabbed a bunch of stuff. They actually had a free, like, newspaper one that they were just, like, stacks of them they were giving out. Uh, I grabbed one of those. Uh, there was... Did you get Nick Samita's new comic? Welcome to Maui Prime. Nope. No. Oh. There was so much stuff there, and it was packed Damn. that I just grabbed bits and pieces. He's sending me a copy. I'll, I'll show it to yeah, you. Yeah, so there you so go. Good. Well, he said he was. We'll see. 
Yeah, yeah I was just like seeing everybody on Twitter like, hey, I'm a, I'm a cab. Yep. And I was like, cool, I'm like playing video games <laughs> playing <Yeah>. wind waker <laughs> yep. yep uh well that's cool yeah i'm gonna try to go next year it seems like a cool show yep and i went to see the jack kirby pop-up museum yeah which Man, was very small always doing stuff uh that one is cool because it's down on delancey like right under the brooklyn bridge where kirby used to live so they had a map on the wall of like where his family's houses in the neighborhood were and stuff which was kind of cool 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 for the people that live there now yep and then <laughs> i went to the society of illustrators for the paul pope battling boy exhibit jeez louise man i was comicsing it up cultures was paul pope there okay so let me tell this story okay so i walk All in right. and they're Feel like free. we're closed today for a special exhibit upstairs and we're like, can we please just go up? We just want to see the thing. We'll be real quick. We won't talk to anybody. And they're like, all right, be quick. And so we go upstairs, and it's literally the hall to the bathroom is where they have all this stuff up. And they had like 20, maybe 30 or 40 pages from Battling Boy. And then Paul Pope comes out of the bathroom. No. No. <laughs> but, no. Uh, but so they're all like full-size pages. So they're like four times the size that they printed Battling Boy. And That's it's pretty just, crazy. That was amazing. Which is the size of the French version, right? Which we should, uh, sure we should so. maybe I hear order. the French version is not as big. Oh, it's okay. going to be bigger, but not huge. Oh, maybe it's more like comic size yeah, instead of digest I think size. So. But anyway, it's bigger, and they're awesome. They had a couple of prints up. And Ironically, it does not have the French flaps that the American version has. <laughs> what? It's very right. ironic, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, so then I go downstairs. I'm like, thanks for letting us see it. Like, oh yeah, sorry about, you know, that you couldn't go up, you know, because they're doing that thing up there for Paul Pope. I'm like, oh, so he's upstairs right now. He's right upstairs. He was. They wouldn't let me You should have called him. I should have. He probably doesn't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> he does, but it's like implanted into his brain. Freaky. Yep. Freaky. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw some pictures came out from the next, uh, not Battling Boy 2, but the Aurora West book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the art looks him. really, really cool. So it's, it's some new person, right? That yep. we've not heard of. It's like some, his buddy or something. Yeah, yeah. And it looks awesome, though. Sweet. So that's cool. Yeah. Jared, you did a lot of stuff. I'm really tired. So how was the, but like, uh, did they have original Jack Kirby art or anything there? It was interesting because they're trying to raise money for a permanent museum. And I don't know, even for Kirby, if that's viable in New York, especially in Manhattan. Um, so they had, like, basically anytime they go to a convention, they, anyone who has original art, they scan it. Like, you know, dealers and like fans will bring it up. And so they're trying to get original or copies of as many pencils as they can. So they had like pencils and inks and like, the colored version some paintings because, and stuff too yeah they had a whole bunch of the paintings and stuff he did so they had a lot to look at but it was all copies oh so That's it was awesome to though. see but yeah. yeah it was still not very big either but worth your money i think it's kirbymuseum.org cool sweet cool so <laughs> what's been going on nick yeah what's up so nick? conversely uh jared went to new york and did a lot of things and i had to work and did nothing <laughs> yeah there we go i had to work because jared was gone Thank so you, uh you beat grand theft auto 5 or was that last time that was a while that, that was the breast birthday present of all <laughs> the breast working birthday the breast. Present. uh i also true i did go to karaoke that oh it was fun karaoke karaoke <laughs> <laughs> It was good. What'd I, you sing? I sang a little bit of Watching the Detectives. By okay. Elvis Costello. One of your fallbacks. That's one of my what, one of my favorites. Danzig. Uh, no, I didn't sing any Danzig. Oh. I did sing. Uh, did you do Under the Sea? No, I did do <laughs> Wanted Dead or Alive. That's a good nice. song. That's Pretty a good, good one. Uh, what else did I do? Wow. Ricky Sambora. <laughs> Ricky Sambora. <laughs> Ricky Sambora. Richie Sambora. Sambora. John Bond. John Bond. That's what I call him. Uh, yeah, JBJ. I don't remember what else I sang. I sang some other songs. Those sound like uh, great. It, it gets blurry as the <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be karaoke if it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's I should have made Jared go last. Yeah, he had, He has all this <laughs> He always has all the stuff. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. Well, you guys want to do some news then? Sure. Let's do it.
this just in recently. Uh, <laughs> new, new Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and uh, Luke Cage shows headed to Netflix in 2015. Did you say nude Daredevil? Yeah, nude Daredevil. Oh, boy. Jessica he, Jones. How does he know? Uh, you know, he's like, am I wearing a good outfit? They're like, you're not wearing clothes. He's got so, Sonic stuff. So Marvel uh, made Sonic a deal with, Net, with Netflix, <laughs> and they're going to make these uh, four sh- series. Uh, Daredevil's going to be the first one. It's being written by Drew Goddard. Which is cool. Which is neat. Um, and Drew Goddard is a writer. Was a writer on Buffy and a bunch of other stuff. And he directed uh, Cabin in the Woods. He did do that. That's a good movie. Um, and each one's going to be about thirteen episodes, culminating in a Defenders miniseries, which which is like all of them getting together. Yeah, it's a crossover, so like, right? Silver so Surfer, I Hulk. it's going to be a miniseries. It's yeah, own separate, like thing. a miniseries movie. That's um, cool. <laughs> which is cool because um, it's kind of weird because the Defenders, I guess. Like there have been different iterations, but most of them involve Doctor Strange and Silver Hulk Surfer, Hulk, and, and Namor. Maybe. Yeah, but um, well, do but, we, so I, none of these people. But it doesn't matter to me. Iron Fist was in the last version, though. People were like, "Oh, it should be Heroes for Hire," and I was like, "It could be," but it's confusing That's, because some of these people wouldn't do it for money. You know, like like Daredevil <laughs> wouldn't be like, "Yeah, I want to go make some money being a superhero." But it's cool. Uh, I mean, it's cool. that they'll, they'll have kind of like a like a smaller version of the Avengers. Which yeah, no, I think neat. I think that's cool. Uh, I think putting it on Netflix is an interesting way to do it. So, so they're going to do one of these at a time. It seems like yeah, because um, the Daredevil ones. I wonder if they're going to put them up in a big chunk like they did with like Arrested. Yeah, Marvel. they are a whole yeah, season. Yeah. Like Ooh. when they go up, it's going to be like the whole season. That'd um, be awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely be watching all those and coming back. And these are great because if you, if you look at all the names, that they're, they're all going to be kind of very different shows. Like Daredevil will be like a legal drama with like some daredevil stuff jessica jones would be like detective stuff yeah Iron i get confused like a kung fu show jessica jones and jessica drew i get mixed up jessica Je- jones is alias alias <clears throat> in the alias comic okay and then jessica drew is spider, spider woman, woman. Okay. yeah and then luke cage will be like a crazy like Action the wire adventure. or something <laughs> the <laughs> wire because like, he's you know he's like the he's always dealing with drug dealers and stuff so yeah it'll be cool and then you know who knows what'll happen? And Iron Fist is rich. They'll probably all get together to fight like Kingpin in the hand or something. Hopefully, oh my God, hopefully the Iron Fist thing is like uh, has some of the kind of uh, immortal Iron Fist stuff in it because that stuff's yeah. all really cool. Yeah, I'm excited about. it. Maybe the the end will be Shadowland, <laughs> and the fact that it's a 13 episode series, like <coughs> so they can kind of write like one big story arc, you know, and it's like it's actually much, develop some character. Yeah, they don't yeah. have to wait to see if the show is going to do good. They're just like, we got this. Let's just do. We got this. Whatever we want. I think it'll do really well though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they're just going to ride the coattails of Agent of Shield though. Yeah, are you keeping up well. with that? Yeah. Yeah. Are you? It's good. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it's good. I heard it's getting <laughs> better and better. It's okay. Yeah, I hear it's okay. Um, at parts, it I think better. it's as good as the first season of Dollhouse. Yeah, it's maybe a little better. <laughs> a little better than that. I don't think it's better than that. No, Doll, Doll, Dollhouse, Dollhouse had some great rough. actors. In it. I feel like Dollhouse, um, at least, was like a different. And this feels a little bit like a cop show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what Dollhouse was. Yeah. It was just like thing of the week. Like yeah. this week, the doll goes here. This yeah. week, the doll goes to the house. Yeah. <laughs> but I think now that they've kind of, they're actually going to, you know, make a whole season, I think it'll start being more like a, a bigger story as it goes along. So I'm excited. It's getting cool. better. I need to watch the last couple episodes. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited about I this don't. next bit of news. Oh, this next bit of news? Are you? Sandman Overture. Yay! Late. What? Yeah! What? Next issue is supposed to be bi-monthly, but now it's 
quad month? When, what is that called? So, uh, yeah, quarterly, or at least the the break between the first two issues is. So, oh boy. So at first they didn't. They just kind of said this and didn't say anything. But Neil Gaiman came out and said, um, "I understand your disappointment and sympathize. J.H. Williams and I are both really sorry about the delay. It's unprofessional and is mostly due to the giant signing tour I was on from June, and me not getting script written on the tour with with uh, knock on effects." Uh, so, but he says we're hoping it'll be the only delay. So, hoping. <clears throat> I mean, I think the worst fear that people had was that J.H. Williams yeah. is not going to be drawing this anymore after the fallout he had with some of the brass yeah. at DC. Yeah. Maybe that could be the delay. And I bet, like, at some point they'll announce a new artist. That'd be oh, crazy. God, I hope that's not what. That'd be terrible. Yeah, that That'd would be, be terrible. Well, I heard someone tell me something today that um, Gaiman was talking about doing, or they were hoping to get him to do it for the 20th anniversary of Sam, and this, obviously this is the 25th, and that something like he makes more money from a $20 like hard cover novel as opposed to his royalty rights from a hundred dollar absolute Sandman edition. Oh, oh yeah, of wow. Course. That's a, of course yeah. that's ridiculous. Nobody makes any money off. Comics. <laughs> I know, but man, it's not like, you know, you're a work for hire guy who's yeah. doing the fill in issue. That's, He's probably getting paid pretty well for these though. That's what we think. Well, um, and I'm, I'm sure he doesn't own sand, you know, like yeah. when he signed those Sandman contracts oh, sure. or whatever, he was who, whoever he was nobody, but also come on, he was a nobody. Like how long does it doesn't take that long to write like one issue? Of a comic. Well, I mean, it depends. It I is, mean, it's a double size. You could write it in like a week at least. Sure. Oh, but you well, want it to be good. <laughs> but it also, it also depends on, you know, it depends on what you're doing. Like I sometimes think that's true, but I'm trying to write like a six issue thing right now. And, but you then, know, you hit road bumps and things yeah, are right. tough and, and you're not necessarily just writing the second issue. It's like, you're writing things in the sixth issue that affect what happened. In the no, 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 no. Wait, wait. Nick is completely right. How, but S- how long been... did it take you to write Gang War number two? <laughs> like one day. Oh, and it did, it did take oh, me real long. Drawing, drawing, <laughs> drawing it, I understand. <laughs> I, I could understand if they were like J. H. Williams is like taking a long time yeah. to draw because he's you know it takes him a long time to draw. But yeah, you know, writing's not that long. Like. I, th- I think Neil that's... Gaiman, he's written all these Sandman characters like a million times. Yeah. He's like already into it. He's already written the first issue. Like he should be able to turn it out pretty fast. He writes like, you know, like he does write like two novels. Five hundred page <laughs> novels like every few months. He should be able to write like But he said he should, was, this should be done. He said <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I mean I, I kind of agree with that. But yeah. <clears throat> I think that's true with the most mini series is like they should be done. This yeah. isn't like a time sensitive thing. Yeah. No. If, like, if why uh, even start it if it's not done? Or like, if one if like three issues aren't yeah. done or something. The twenty sixth right. anniversary, Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so you know. That's, that's it's kind of crappy. Uh, weirdly, I saw a commercial for Sandman Overture on TV. Oh yeah, they started really? doing that. It's yeah, really weird. Which I thought was pretty like crazy. Well, yeah. we've seen a lot of people come in who are gaming fans who don't necessarily read other comics. So there's definitely Those people kind of bug me. I, I like. I mean, it's cool that they like Neil Gaiman and they like his comics, but the, it kind of bug me when they just come in and they're just like, "Where's Sandman?" Like that they just walk in and say that, and then they buy it and then they leave. Like, it's like walk something else, buy something else. It's like walking into a store and being like, "Hey, I haven't read a comic book in twenty years. Yeah, right. uh, twenty five. Just possibly. give me this one." It's like, why don't you read something else? You like, you obviously like comics in some fashion. Just read, check it out. Well, it out it's something. it's it's similar to people say who you know there are people who only buy like Wolverine comics. That's, That's true. true. And you know, it's like if there wasn't a Wolverine comic for twenty five years, yeah, those people would be coming out of the woodwork. Oh boy, uh, strange. Well, Man. we'll see when Origin two starts yeah <laughs> you'll get some of the people like that who haven't read a comic since origin one Strange. uh speaking of should we skip to a few news items ahead <laughs> uh sure speaking of wolverine wolverine and the x-men is ending what what about all our yeah. wolverine fans sad but uh <laughs> well there's other news also a new wolverine series is <laughs> hey uh so i mean 
that's not really a new Wolverine series. So Wolverine and the X-Men is ending. Um, but Amazing X-Men just but Amazing started. Amazing X-Men just started, and that's pretty much Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's probably what, what it was. It was like, these books are exactly the same. And Jason Aaron's like, I don't want to, you know, it's going to be confusing <laughs> if I do this in two different books. So let's right. just make it one book. And- yeah, I mean, I think the only reason Wolverine and the X-Men didn't end before Amazing X-Men started is because they just want to wrap up some sure. stuff. Right, they have some storylines to wrap up. Uh, but the new Wolverine series kind of spoils the current storyline, but it sounds kind of cool. It's it's continuing the Paul Cornell run, um, but they're just renumbering it with a new number one because Wolverine is... No longer has this healing factor, and he's not going to have it in this series. And so, like, he's got, like, armor-plated, uh, like, costume, and he's got, like, guns. <laughs> what? <laughs> and he works for a mob sure. boss. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and he works for a mob uh, boss. But who's drawing it? That's all. <laughs> at, at first, it sounds kind of like, eh, but then, like, it's Park, Paul Cornell. It's pretty sweet. It's been pretty sweet, like, lately. So. Um, somebody cool is drawing it. I don't remember. Cool. He sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> One of my so, favorites. Somebody good. I don't remember. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't really like if it's if it's good it's it'll be good yeah. but i i don't care about wolverine right now not yeah, too wolverine much, but, and the x-men is good but yeah you know what I, batman is like not doing it for me right now i would love Batman. i i read uh like four issues of batman and i got done and i was like i don't really want to read any more batman comics anymore for like a year it's wow <laughs> the, the current batman stuff is great yeah is it okay yeah. the zero year stuff it's, it's so like good. the one where the guy's dressed like a bat and he's going around the city <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Batman and Robin is great, too. Uh, but the other Batman books are all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good I didn't read one of those. I probably Oof. would have had, like, a, an allergic reaction or yeah. something. Maybe that's why you're sneezing. Hey, but you get, yeah, guess maybe. what? You'll be reading the new weekly Batman series. I will, at least oh, at first. Boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I forgot about yeah. that. Uh, well, uh, that segues into some DC news. We'll get back to the other cooler news in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... So in September, DC always does some crazy thing. Like they did the launch, and then they had zero year, zero month, or whatever, where all the comics were issued zero. And they did Villains Month, which was terrible, but you know it made a lot of money for them. So now this September, they're doing uh, five years later. Oh my god, I'm looking at this. In this. So for a month, all the comics will skip ahead five years. Which is very confusing. <laughs> so you have this thing. Where did you pull this from? That's awesome. So I don't remember. Comics it, will it's take all place like at regular. Continuity. It's all. It's all like. Uh, speculation at this point but it's been like like you know in this report they're like they're like a bunch of people told us this is happening and they've kind of hinted at it at dc um and apparently their free comic book day thing involves that so but so this says uh, just in your notes here on this story it says the new 52 is meant to take place five years after superman emerges <laughs> yeah but is that i thought it was eight years after superman no it's five it's five, no, it's five. just some because I don't know. Because isn't Justice League five years before, and the Action Comics stuff was eight years before? I don't think so. I, and then, because Bat- oh, Batman Year Zero is six years before. Maybe, but he, maybe he's not uh. Superman yet, though. But he is in Year uh. Zero. Because in... Uh, no, he's not. No. Well, he's dressed like Superman, but he's not like... <laughs> he, he, he's wearing, like, the jeans and the and the, and the Superman yeah, suit, but cool. people don't call him Superman. He looks like a cool dude. He's still, like... He's got his coolest. t-shirt tucked into his jeans. He's still, like, um... like <laughs> he's a, a badass. He's still, like, an urban legend in this... In oh, that. boy. It's like, people don't oh. know about him. So he's not, like, really... Is out. that what that movie, Urban Legend, is about? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um... That comic's even <laughs> it, that Don't even get me started on that stuff. The six, like, there's, like... Because it's, like, uh... There's something really confusing about. Um, <laughs> Go on. Uh, what was it? There's something about. Um, Where does Marvel 1602 fit in? Oh, all here's this? the thing. So in in, in Batman seven years ago in Batman oh, Superman right Marvel in Batman in the current storyline of Batman <laughs> Superman it's like Batman and Superman's first meeting um, when they're younger and Superman's wearing like the jeans and t-shirt but then 
if you go back and read Justice League number one, I'm it's just like laughing, thinking about when I edit this part, I'm going to speed you up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should, because it's like it's like in Justice League, it's like the first time he met Superman. It's like the whole timeline's already like screwed, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, how does it make sense that uh, Nightwing? I don't even know. Nightwing. Because Nightwing is, is, is in the zero year. There's a zero year tie-in with Nightwing as Nightwing. But then I was like, isn't that what Batman wait, wait. Start, started? I, I don't understand. And wasn't he uh, Robin? I, maybe I need to read that. I don't understand. No, maybe he wasn't Robin? Don't know. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> it takes place in zero years, Nightwing. I got to read that. It doesn't make any sense. I'm going to beat you over the head with this <laughs> one. DC, DC Comics. Move on quickly. Uh, so, in much cooler news... Uh, well, let's skip to this because we have really cool news. But the, I'll, I'll go to Vertigo's iZombie series. Yeah, yep. is being made into a TV show, um, which was, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Walking Dead is popular. Those things are like exactly the same. Well, yeah. no, I mean, <laughs> it's got a zombie. But the thing, yeah. that, the thing that makes iZombie like perfect for a TV show, it's about like a woman who works as a coroner and she's a zombie. So she works as a coroner so she can eat brains. Um, but when she eats brain, she like inherits all the people's memories. So like that's obviously like instantly a TV show. It's so like get somebody's memories and have to solve like a mystery. It's like know? Dexter yeah. meets True Calling. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Which I was like, that sounds kind of cool. But then uh, they were like, uh, it's going to be created by Rob Thomas, the creator of Veronica Mars. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and super sweet. Two one zero. Yeah. Sweet. Did he create the new nine hundred two one zero? I don't think he did. Didn't he? Um, he was in Matchbox Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and he did a song with Santana. Yes. And then um, I think also with Jules Santana. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that Rob Thomas is making this show makes me excited. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I think Veronica Mars is good. And uh, yeah, I, this this will be exactly like True Calling. Yeah. Hope so. With Eliza Dushku. But, but I hope it's like the comic because it's got like her friends like a werewolf. Um, it'll be more like yeah the comic it'll, was good it'll be I more mean, like Buffy <laughs> it was Mike Allred and Chris Roberson yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a mummy in it yeah before he swore to never work for DC again yeah. tied it together uh, and after this he was actually really pissed too yeah because he didn't improve this oh really um, nope uh, and yeah. in the best news of the week I thought people owned Vertigo stuff that's what I thought too the but Vertigo I, thing is their they own part of it as far as I know so yeah. it's like Vertigo slash DC Comics owns part of it and the creators own part of it yeah Oh, it's very confusing. It's a weird Anyway, deal. so uh, in the best news of the week, Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Miyazaki is drawing a samurai comic. That is the news of the week. That, that is like, the news of the, of the year. Week. That is the news of the life. Of my life. So Hayao Miyazaki just recently announced his uh, retirement. His last movie just came out. Um, yeah. It looks great. Was I know it where the wind blows or no? Yeah. I, think like it is, I don't know if that's exactly I think what it's called. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's... When the wind blows? And it's kind of like... Uh, because there's that old animated movie called Where the Wind Blows that's about old people Nuclear dying from radiation yeah, poisoning. That movie's great. The Raymond Briggs thing. It's all yeah. David Bowie music. Yep. That movie's so um, good. But yeah, his new one's like about a World War One pilot, I think. Uh, World War Two is like the guy who develops the the Zero, Mitsubishi Zero. Oh yeah, yeah. The Japanese. And it looks fantastic. I guess it's not really like a kids movie at no, all. It doesn't and, look like it. Um, it's it's weird. He's actually caught a lot of flack for it because like the guy's like you know like a warmonger basically. Yeah. But Miyazaki was like, oh, I was inspired by this quote that he had, and it seemed yeah. like he had an interesting life. But uh, yeah, uh, Miyazaki, for people that don't know, is the guy that made My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. and Howl's Moving Castle and a bunch of really really good movies. Ponyo, things, yeah, yeah, and uh, Porco Rosso, and yeah, Nausicaa was was his uh, manga that he did, and then also made a. Uh, movie of that and uh yeah so he quit and everybody was like oh no more Hayao Miyazaki but now he's like yeah I'm just gonna do uh 
uh, samurai manga. Which is yeah. Awesome. It's insane. Yeah. Which is really, really awesome. I wonder if he's going to make a movie out of it after. <laughs> I bet like uh, his, son, his son will or yeah. something. Yeah. Right. Or his other directors from uh, right. Ghibli Studio. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. Cause Super awesome. His, his movies are great. His art, though, is incredible. So good. If you yeah. haven't read Nausicaa, definitely check it out. Check it's it. so good. Buy the giant hardcover. It's <clears throat> worth it. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's it for news. That's just, it for news. Just that, just, just that just stuff. That. All right, cool. Well, uh, let's do some reviews then. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. That's not the... Oh, let's answer a question. <laughs> okay. Um, Nick wrote in. This is not you, is it? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll thanks. Other Nick. He says, um, <clears throat> hi. Hey. Hello. Hi. Having never knowingly read a Scott Lobdell comic, and as you mention him every week, I feel that I must be missing out on something. Given this, what is your favorite Scott Lobdell story? Got it. Thanks, Nick. Demi, you took mine. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have one because I Jared haven't read... Jerry took mine because I went to, I went to I look know. at High Roads and I was like, Scott Lobdell wrote this? Yeah, because yeah. I haven't read High Roads. And actually, I think you guys have talked about that before. It has he does a have, like, midget the actor who dresses up like Hitler. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's great. Yeah. And it's drawn by Linil Yu. Which probably helps a lot. Yeah. In fact, I know it helps a lot. <laughs> it does. Cool. And uh, that is the only one. Yeah. I think it might be other ones, but I don't know. Definitely no. my favorite. I don't know if there are other good ones. Like, I don't have any, so. Yeah. You don't like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. Wildcat Sexman. Did you write that? Did you guys hear about all this Brian Wood oh, boy. stuff? I was telling Nick. Are we going it. back to news again? <laughs> I don't know. We probably shouldn't talk about that. Uh, it's interesting. It is interesting, though. I would say go online. Uh, Te- there's a person named Tess Fowler who's a comic book artist. She wrote a she wrote an article about misogyny in comics and yep. um, <clears throat> uh, makes some pretty pretty big claims in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and probably not stuff we'll talk about too much on here because, you know, there's no really uh, confirming the veracity of what she says. But, uh, yeah, definitely check out the article. It's pretty interesting. And then check out stuff on Twitter after between yeah. her. And, it's um, been blowing up the internet. Certainly. Brandon Graham yeah. and some other people as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's that. There's that. <laughs> that is a crazy thing that I was reading today. So, so yeah, that's my favorite Scott Lobdell comic. Also, uh, Justin Jordan and Ulysses, Ulysses uh, Fairness were arguing on the oh, internet I saw today. That. Oh, yeah. really? they, got, they got a fight. <laughs> they about got what? They got a big fight. Uh, I can't really tell you. No? Oh. Uh, about uh, so, so, no, there's this guy, Yale Stewart, who does oh. JL8. Oh, yeah. Which is like the baby. The it used to be called like Little Justice League yeah, or something like that. Justice League. And uh, Ulysses wrote an article... <clears throat> about how like uh you know fan art is yeah. is kind of like the lowest form of art and well, you know this guy's like making a living off of established properties and stuff like that yeah and it's uh, like uh what, what do you call it like when people are just like oh, i'm gonna have a story about kirk and spock hanging out you know it's like that kind of fan fiction yeah except he's like making a living out of it anyway exactly. the article is the article is pretty abrasive <laughs> yeah, yeah and then uh justin jordan just got on commenting on it like swearing at him and telling oh, him to, to go F himself and some yeah. other stuff. So that's pretty yeah. interesting, too. You guys should check that out. Yeah, <laughs> I will. The internet's pretty interesting today yeah. for comic stuff. It but uh, cool. Well, you guys want to do some reviews? Yep. Sure. Let's do it. We love comics. They are swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right. Up first this week, we've got... Oh, wait. This is on the second page. <laughs> uh, Bandette, Volume 1, Presto, by Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover. Boy, howdy. Yeah, I didn't read this, you guys, because we sold out of it. So you guys talk about it <laughs> later. <laughs> it's, and he's out. It's super great. It's super cute. Um, it's about Bandette, who is a uh, French kind of thief. Cat burglar type. Yeah, she's basically 
sort of a Catwoman type character, but more cutesy. Yeah, cutesy Robin Hood. And uh, it's just about her going on crazy adventures. And the main bigger story is that there's this um, this evil this evil charitable organization. Yep. Um, their front is that they oh, what is it they they raise money for children, um, but they're actually like all these murders and stuff tied to them, and they're all trying to kill um, Bandette because she. Um, she's foiled them a bunch of times and it involves, uh, a, uh, rival, um, cat burglar named, like a, uh, a gentleman thief. What is his name? Um, oh man, I can't remember. Oh man, this is terrible. Anyway, <laughs> like uh, monsieur something. Or? No, monsieur. Yeah. Just monsieur. Yeah. Monsieur. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe monsieur. I don't know. Anyway, so they, you know, they meet up and he's, he tries to help her because he's, you know, He's, he he doesn't want her to die. Obviously, he, you know they have kind of a friendly rivalry, um, and yeah, that's about it. I mean, yeah, she's got like tons of friends who help her in her like heists and her antics, and she's always like, but she's like steals stuff that's cool. She's like, oh, this book's amazing. I want right. to have like a collection she's of like, all I want the first, the first edition of this Oz yeah. book, and like she steals a bunch of um, paintings, and she's like, yeah, I only found four of them. Like she's giving them back to the police inspector, who's another awesome character. Oh, yeah. The police inspector is kind of your typical, like, French inspector. He's, like, a little fat guy with, like, a big nose. Constantly <laughs> like, overstressed and, like, trying to catch everything. And Yeah. yeah. And um, he's cursing almost the entire comic, and it's really funny. Um, but, yeah, mostly it's just really cute, really light, and just fun. It's one of the, you know, most fun comics I've read in a long time. Yeah, there's all kinds of, like, twists and, like, you know, uh, who is it? matador who shows up there's like she's got all these rivals and like the gang always out to get her and but she's always getting out of tight spots it's it's like a very good like heist and kind of hijinks the way she gets out of stuff she has these uh group of people called urchins um they're like different friends she has around town and the way they help her is really funny there's like one sequence where she's running away from somebody on on a bike and uh the one guy delivers like Thai food, so he he dumps about a bunch of Thai food, and the guy's chasing her slide on it. Yeah, it's, it's like really that. Funny. Just like everyone, it's, it re- it feels like one of those old like forties or fifties movies where just like you know people are slipping on banana peels and stuff. But it's cute and adorable. Yeah. And the only weapon she has is uh, like a spray can of like knockout gas. Yeah, which she uses it's, a lot. It's really funny. Yeah. And Colleen Coover obviously is completely amazing. Uh, she's done. What was it? What was that monkey comic? Banana Sundays. Yeah, something like that. And then she did a bunch of. Uh, Small favors, <laughs> which were also cute and great. Um, uh, but this one, she's like kind of a painted style. Like Kevin, what would you call her style? I didn't see it. Oh. I didn't see it. Uh, it's like it's very painted. It's very like watercolory. Yeah, it's, watercolory. It's good. What was the other book that she, we reviewed? One of her books on the show, Gingerbread Girl. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Which I well. think Paul uh, Tobin also wrote. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Back to it, you guys. Great. <laughs> see, it was great. That's it. Next, next up, next up. Hold on, let me see what order we want to do these in. Next up, we've got <laughs> Umbral, number one. I was hoping you'd jump there. <clears throat> this is by Anthony Johnson. This was written by Anthony Johnson. I didn't realize that. Yep. Uh, with art by Christopher Mitten. Mm-hmm. Who they have done before, a book called Wasteland. Yep. Oh. It's the creative. I mean, oh, it's the, the, the beginning run of Wasteland. It said it right on the cover, but yeah. this doesn't look like Wasteland at all. No, very different. <clears throat> so Umbral is a uh, fantasy comic about... Um, I don't know, Jerry, why don't you tell people what this is about? about stuff. So they're building on the idea of, like, Umbral, the kind of in-between shadow 
thing. So this fantasy world is largely revolves around shadows. And uh, there's these two kids who was it the son is the one is it one is a prince is and one prince. is just like a street street kid. Yes, yeah, so like, it's a typical like kind of prince and the pauper situation. Except uh, they sneak off into like the secret part of the castle, and while they're off like sneaking around, the castle is attacked by evil shadow monsters, wizards who use their wizard's power to basically uh, start taking over and killing people. Yeah, they witness his entire family get killed. Well, that was I was trying to avoid that spoiler. Yeah, but yes, so anyway, the, the whole family on. gets killed, and the twist is that uh, they then seem to reincarnate them or like impersonate them because then right. they suddenly show up in public again, and so then they're stuck in the position of like, oh, you know, you've seen this horrible thing, but how do you prove it? And yeah, clearly and the, there's evil magics going on. And the main character is this is this prince's um, friend who's like this uh, street girl, and she's kind of a. Uh, friends with a bunch of wizards and stuff and she asks she knows a little bit of magic and yeah it's fun um i i didn't really love it i I just thought it was okay yeah i mean it definitely was fun i thought their relationship was kind of the best thing about it yeah Uh, they have like a really good like strong friendship and and you like the way they're written the two characters are just really familiar with each other and and it's it's fun but yeah overall it, it was uh you know it was a little average yeah i just thought yeah i just thought i thought the art was cool i thought the i thought it had a really good color palette a lot of like purples and pinks and i thought that that was pretty cool but uh yeah like when it finished i wasn't like super excited to see what happened next yeah Yeah. i was like man yeah i think the art was cool but like in in some ways it was too dark almost for like mainly there are all these shadow monsters running around it's a little muddy maybe muddy is the word i'm looking for it's just like yeah it didn't convey the story as well as i wanted because there's some crazy stuff happening of like you know shadow monsters floating through walls and people getting melted and stuff but so it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. That's umbral number one, you guys. All right, up next we have uh, Marvel Knights X Men number one. This is written by Bram Revel um, and drawn by him. And drawn no. by him? No. Yeah, it's drawn by him. Chris Peter. No, I don't know who Chris Peter is. <laughs> I don't know why his name is even on there. Peter Chris. He's the he's the drummer from. I, I'm pretty sure Bram Revel definitely definitely wrote and drew this. What's I'm Chris Peter sh- do? I'm pretty sure Nick's right. Uh, I don't even know who that. Why is. Why would he be wrong? <laughs> Nick's never wrong. Uh, Yep, story and art, Bram Revel. Chris Peter did the colors. Nice. Ah, okay. There you go. So uh, this is, uh, you know, Marvel just did their Marvel Knights Spider-Man story. Yeah. And this is the X-Men one. These are kind of stories that just that kind of exist on their own. They just get, like, really cool creators and they're like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, it can be in continuity. It doesn't have to be. Just and most of them aren't. It's usually just a standalone story using Marvel characters. This one is clearly in continuity. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's, like, the characters from the from the Jean Grey school. Yeah, and they're talking about Cyclops, like, being against them or whatever. Yeah. So this starts out with... Uh, uh, Rachel Gray having a dream about uh, a mutant actually has a dream where she is a person hunting and killing a mutant. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> they, they, uh, a bunch of the X-Men kind of decide to check it out and it's, uh, it's basically just Wolverine, Rogue and Kitty Pride. Yeah. And they go to this, uh, basically the Appalachian mountains up in, you know, Western Virginia where yeah. Nick was talking about mm-hmm. where the mountain people <laughs> live. Yep. And, uh, they go to this small town, almost similar to like what happened in the last issue of Daredevil that we talked about. Right. Yeah. But, uh, it's this kind of very small, very rednecky town. And they go there to see what's going on because there are cup, like three different mutant signatures that they've detected there, and a lot of mutant like a lot of mutants are popping up there, and a lot of children are missing. So yeah, these things might be tied together. Yeah, so they're so they're trying to see how those things are tied together, and basically they just go there and they go to this party because that's where one of the signatures are coming from, and they find this girl there, yeah, uh, who who's very obviously a mutant and has a pretty interesting power actually, uh, which is a little bit of a twist in the story. So yeah. I, I won't mention that. And then at the end, uh, familiar. 
X-Men villain shows up, which I found to be very surprising. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I was like, I don't know if this is real or an illusion. <laughs> yeah. But I thought yeah. the tone of the story, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty well written. The whole yeah. thing's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's basically exactly what I just yeah. described, but, uh, but it's, good. it's got a good mood. It's like yeah, very it's dark and good mystery of what's going on. And, yeah. Yeah. And, the, and the art's cool. It's like, it reminds me of like, uh, Paul Azaketa, maybe a little bit or Chris Samney. Yeah. And his characters all have personality. I like the way Wolverine looks in it. He's back into like his short stocky self and he looks, yeah. he looks almost like a goblin or like a dwarf <laughs> or something. He's like yeah. really weird looking. But yeah, I thought it was a good first issue. It, it wasn't like, uh, the kind of, um, next level stuff that that Spider-Man issue was. No, right. but it's great. But yeah, but it's really good. And I think it, I think in tone, it fits in with something like the current Daredevil series or Hawkeye or Superior yeah. Foes of Spider-Man, where I think Marvel is pretty good right now at telling these maybe like smaller stories, but yeah. still making them, you, you know, you connect to them a little bit more. Yeah, they're maybe. a little more char- character focused and they're fun. Like I'd rather read this than Infinity. Right. Yeah. But Infinity's okay. Yeah, Infinity's pretty sweet too. <laughs> All right. Up next, we've got um, what's on here? Manifest Destiny number one. This is written by Chris Dingus, who I don't. Do you guys know who that is? I have no idea. Nope. And art by Matthew Roberts. Uh, do you guys know who that is? <laughs> nope. Okay. But uh, yeah, this is a story about Lewis and Clark and monsters. Uh, this is an image book, so those guys might just be people who've never done any big comic ever yeah. before. Um. So, yeah, so the Lewis and Clark expedition went out to explore the western U.S. when nobody really knew much about it. But in this expedition, uh, they are concerned that there are monsters running around in the wilderness that they need to research. So it's basically Lewis and Clark's, you know, like their actual story. But then the twist is that they have a secret mission that nobody knows about to, like, clear the west of all these monsters. And so, like, everyone they've recruited is, like, you know, they have a group of soldiers, but they stopped at a, like, stockade on the way and found, like, every, like scum you know criminal who has no connections to so no family no parents no kids right. so that if anyone goes out on this and something terrible happens then no one will know about it yeah it won't be and reported. They, they quickly realize that like wait a minute we are all you know expendable on this mission yeah so, and actually going into this i was like oh, i don't know if i'm that interested yeah, in me it. Too. Yeah. but that aspect of it was what made it really interesting it's yeah. because you have these like <clears throat> murderers and stuff that are part of this ensemble cast and yeah. uh i yeah i thought that was kind of you know it it did a really good job of of letting the reader know like hey like this is everybody here knows that right. something bad is gonna happen yeah. and there's already tension between them like trying to push the boundaries and like the soldiers trying to keep them in line and then lewis and clark are kind of off in their own world for some reason so, when i originally saw this uh like previews for this i just thought it was just a lewis and clark comic and i was yeah. like man i'm not really interested yeah they, and then when i started reading it, i was like wait what yeah they really didn't really promote this the right way like this is so much cooler than i thought first at first too um, yeah. yeah and they do such a good job building that up that when sort of supernatural elements even that maybe when they show up they don't seem like a like the the first thing they find isn't like a threat it's just this weird thing and yeah. and like but that's like a cool moment because it's a really cool thing too. yeah yeah because you're was, like, like oh. you're like oh wait what is yeah, going on yeah here? exactly and uh and then it ends with like some crazy kind of horror action stuff yeah and yeah i thought overall it was a pretty solid good ish, like first yeah issue. it was great it's i liked really it a cool. lot and i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about reading reading more i like this world that they've created and it could go anywhere um, yeah. And I'm interested to see where it goes. And I really liked what the thing was at the end that they find. Yeah, it was like, great. Oh, that's awesome. And the art was cool. Uh, at first, I thought it looked a little like Tony Moore, and I a think it bit, does. Yeah. Uh, but actually, uh, if, if anything, it reminds me of the art that Jerome Pena was doing on Fear Agent when he was right. subbing in for Tony Moore. Yeah. Which, which yeah. was also similar to Tony Moore. Which is great. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's cool. Uh, and it's colored really well. It's got a yeah. nice, like, muted palette. It's I think it's digital, but it looks like watercolors, and it looks cool. And yeah. there's a lot of cool mysteries. Um, oh, yeah, like the arch? Yeah, is they that... find an arch that's basically like... 
the arch, the St. Louis arch, St. Louis arch, but like covered in it's covered in grass vegetation. Yeah, yeah. it's really strange. So I was like, maybe like the yeah, it's cool. They'll tie like actual American history things into like a weird world, which I like. It's it's fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good setup. Good first issue. Really cool. All right. Up next, we've got Saber Two Swordsman and the Mayhem of the Malevolent Mastodon Mathematician. Yeah. This is uh, by Damon Gentry and Aaron Conley, and it's not really clearly delineated who does what here, but I'm pretty sure Damon Gentry writes this and Aaron Conley draws it. Yeah. Because Aaron Conley did the cover. Uh, He's the sole credit on the cover. So, um, yeah, this is a story about a uh, saber-toothed swordsman <laughs> so um, not at first though it's it's a really weird comic um like at first i i wasn't sure if i was gonna like this at first because it's kind of like very slapdash just kind of stuff just happens um but once it starts getting into the story it's pretty interesting um so basically the gist of it is that there is this guy whose wife has been taken by this um mathematician who's kind of taken over the his town um and he gets beaten up by their thugs and as she gets taken away and he's like begging for help. And this cloud God shows up. Who's like this weird, like basically just a cloud with a, a face. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's really weird. And he's got these magic rings and he gives them the powers of a, of a swordsman and a saber tooth. And, so and, and it's very yeah. like video gamey. So like, you know, he'll, he'll whenever he gets something, it, there's a little thing on the bottom like saber tooth swordsman acquired, like blah blah blah. And he, you know, he obviously uses all that stuff later. Some of it to like comedic effect. It was like he gets like a like a lunchbox, and like one of the things is like a like a juice box inside of it. And then later on, there's a scene where he's just like sitting on a on the edge of a cliff drinking a juice box, which is free. But but the the cool thing about this is like it's it's a revenge thing, but it's just more, more just insane. It's just an excuse for him to like fight crazy things and um, a showcase for the art, basically, because the art is all um, it's kind of a. I don't know, like Brandon Graham mixed with, uh, I don't know, Paul Pope and, uh, yeah, the art, um, with, like the detail of like, I don't know, Jose Reaper, like, yeah, I mean, it's somebody. got, a, it's, it's got a looseness details. to it. That's yeah. that I think maybe is like, like Paul Pope, but then there's a, there's a cartoonishness to it. That reminds me a lot of Jeff Smith actually, yeah. uh, yeah. but it has these crazy page layouts and stuff too that, um, in parts of it, it almost uh, like I, it reminded me of Habibi by Craig Thompson. Yeah, um, yeah, no. but but all way crazier. Yeah, than like that. this yeah. is a very fantasy world with all these monsters and stuff. But the design of everything's fantastic. Yeah, and I thought I thought that the writing was fun, but that um, you know it, it kind of. It wand- the story wanders. A oh lot. yeah, yeah. Most <laughs> yeah. of it's just like he goes here and fights this thing, and it's like yeah. it's closer uh, and closer, yeah. and fights this thing. And and like some of those things are great, and some of them are just like okay, this is like a weird two page thing. But it all comes ends. together pretty nicely at the end. I felt I I, I thought I had a pretty <laughs> kind of hilarious resolution, insane. And the art, like to me, is incredible. Yeah, white's See, really good. Like I love the art. I just. This is in black and white. Uh, I felt like if it was colored, it would be a lot better. Do you, do you think it's a little too busy in black and white? too much happening. Like, he has a few panels where it'll be, like, the saber tooth swordsman leaping at someone, and it's just him against, you know, with a few details against a white background. And it's so much clearer. Like, we are not communicating how, how detailed. Like, there are panels where every inch of it has, like, lines all over a it. A little showing, bit of James like, Stokoe, maybe? Yeah. Like, yeah. just, the, like, if, if Stokoe was in black and white, like some of it, I just think wouldn't come across very well, and I think this is the same problem. Like, if you had like some color to like delineate the depth and pop out some of the stuff, I think yeah, it'd be a it's, lot stronger. It's but, not like a Jeff Dara where he uses a fine line. Like exactly, he, he has a thick line like a James Stokoe. Yeah. So it's not like you know, it's like Jeremy Bastian's stuff is really busy. The guy that does Curse Pirate Girl, right. but, and it's in black and white. But 
because it's maybe a little sketchier and he uses a lot of cross hatching and stuff like yeah. it's it's a little easier to tell what's going on but yeah I, I can see that but but at the same time the art is so energetic and like dynamic yeah. that <clears throat> it's so fun to look at yeah. if you actually it, i i wonder if it's just not perfectly suited for like storytelling because yeah. the storytelling can think, be clunky in this yeah this is like amazing art but it kind of almost is not appropriate for comics like it's so like each of these panels could stand alone as like a painting you know just like a single art object it's there's so much happening it's it's great but but it is cool and worth checking out i think yeah, yeah we're taking a look at for sure um all right up next we've got i've been jumping around so much i don't know which one to do next strange tale of panorama island uh this is based on a novel by itagawa rampo and uh <clears throat> but this is uh, then adapted and drawn by Suihiro Maruo, who doesn't actually have anything in print right now, but he's a great Japanese what? artist. Oh he, he has another book called Mr. Arashi's Amazing Freak Show, which is definitely worth checking out. I want to read that. But it's like $80 if you oh, want to buy boy, it or yeah. something. I've got a copy at home. You can I read, it. read it when we go play wrestling video games incredible. after this. Yeah. <laughs> this book was incredible. Yeah, this book is incredible. So uh, the basic plot of this is it's about a writer. The basic plot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the plot is very simple, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's about a writer who um, is uh, writing a book, uh, like, very influenced by an old Edgar Allan Poe story about, uh, which is a real story about a, a guy who basically builds this castle as a monument to himself with this crazy garden and stuff yeah. in it. <clears throat> but then he finds out that an old friend of his has, uh, has just recently died. And when they were friends when they were younger, they looked identical to each other yeah so someone who knew both of them comes to him and is like hey this guy died and you know you guys were basically like twin brothers and even he's though super they rich yeah and he's super rich so this guy decides to fake his own death the writer and go and um replace his friend that died and be you know just become him yeah he's like so he looks up some disorder and he's Called like oh. catalepsy yeah and he's like oh so maybe he like he they thought he was dead but he wasn't really dead so i could just kind of like rise from the grave yeah so yeah. so he does he goes through some crazy stuff to do that he's so great that's the part that's the part of the book where i got sold because at really first i was like off. yeah this is kind of cool but then when he starts doing like Pulling he's his starts, tooth out so he that he starts, can put the guy's fake tooth. He, yeah, in. when he digs up the guy's body and he's like, "Oh man, he's got a gold tooth." Yeah, it's just, it's great. It's yeah, so you, like you see just how far he's willing to go and how kind of detached from reality he already is. But it's so like hilariously dark. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, well, his other Morrow's other stuff is like that too. So, but basically, the main thing that he wants to do is he wants to build this place called panorama island yeah and so he takes all the guy's money he sells most of his assets and he puts it all into he's telling people that he's building this amusement park uh on this island not but it's yeah uh so that's what he tells people he's doing and um so but what it really is is this sort of bacchanal crazy fantasy world yeah it's a giant sex island yeah it's like a hedonistic paradise basically that's this crazy i I don't want to say too much about it about the panorama stuff because that's all really cool but so the story kind of moves to there and then it becomes this weird fever dream he he's showing around um this dead guy's wife basically yeah because the the trick to this is that he's replaced this man who was married and so like he's constantly in this like problem of like how do i pretend that i'm this dead guy without revealing something you know fake about myself so that this guy's wife will realize i'm an imposter yeah and the wife and is, yet he's like she's starting to freak out and like you're selling all your stuff off like how far yeah. are we going here like what's wrong with you the and wife so, is the only one who who kind of doesn't buy it because yeah. everybody else 
is kind of like, wow, that's crazy. And they're like, oh, cool. And he's like rich, so he's like giving people stuff. So they're kind of like, oh, yeah, cool, man. He's back. Yeah, Yeah, everybody's a yes man, like a sick of fan. And they don't care, yeah. Um, And I so like the original Poe story, like this is really split into two different sections. The first one is kind of everything leading up to this island being built and then the second half is kind of a tour of this place yeah which is finally go into it and see what he's done and uh that's when maro can just like go insane so So this book is is definitely for mature readers it's yeah yeah yeah. i mean yeah it definitely gets a little porny towards the end most of it it's funny because most of it's not like very graphic but once it gets to the island it's like just all out slides into debauchery yeah as pornographic as it gets i was like whoa but but um maro's a really great like he's great with detail he's great with doing stuff on on a grand scale and then he's great at doing these sort of it's it's almost like a the sort of debauchery there is like a on a Hieronymus Bosch level. Yeah. <laughs> it's these huge spreads of all this stuff that's going on on the island, and and it's all really well rendered. But also like just the vistas of like look at all the things he's created, constructed, and like all the yeah. Like the first thing things. you see is this underwater oh uh, tube that he makes. That's you know similar to the one go. in Jaws 3D. And <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically the one that Lewis Gossett Jr. dies in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, and yeah, all the underwater stuff he draws is so, so great, good. and it all borrows. Really Really heavily from uh, the sort of design of the time, like the Art Deco design. Yeah, and because um, the original novel was from the twenties, and this is when the the thing set. So. Yeah, it's like set nineteen twenty six. Yeah, think. the art is so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's some of the best art I've ever seen. Like it's insanely good. Yeah, Maro has long been one of my favorite artists. I mean. My- the the stuff I lean towards the most, like the stuff I really love, is like really weird manga stuff, huh. and uh, he's one of the weirdest. Yeah. And so it's really great to see this in print. Uh, like his art's not weird though. His art's like very, just good, like clean, normal art. Like oh yeah, sure. He, like he doesn't draw anything exaggerated or weird. Like everything looks real, like it's supposed to look. But it's just like the stuff he is drawing though. <laughs> yeah, the stuff he is drawing is just so weird. And there are a few other things worth mentioning about this book. Um, the. Uh, production on it is great it's a really beautiful hardcover yep. um i feel like they've reproduced the art really well and um i thought this was actually an older story this is from like 2007 2008 yeah, i thought it was old too and yeah. uh the translation for this is fantastic i don't know if we have a copy of the book here but we should definitely <clears throat> we should definitely mention who translated it because i think the translation is really fantastic it reads really well there's none of that like stiffness and stuff that you get sometimes yeah yeah there's not like that confusing like dialogue where you're like what is this yeah everything saying? felt really natural and kind of beautifully done uh, it's not gonna tell us is it not <laughs> up front but um i don't know it's it's one of the best books go. i've read in a while um oh ryan sands there so he go. did translate it okay that's what he did parts of it with uh, kyoko nita yeah so it might have been that uh she did it first and then i wasn't sure if he translated or did some of the design so ryan sands is awesome he does he's the guy that runs uh youth in decline uh who put out the frontier books which we talked about the uno morales and helen joe frontier books and he does electric ant zine and uh actually if you're interested in Japanese stuff like this uh, of a slightly stranger ilk. He he runs a Tumblr called Same Hat, which is definitely right. worth following. Yep, <clears throat> they'll put up scans of like old Garo magazines and stuff. Yeah, it's and I was cool. just talking to him today on email, and he said that he's got some cool Japanese stuff in the pipeline. So awesome, keep your eyes open. Uh, to me, this will be one of the books that's in my uh, best of the year. Yeah, me for sure. This has some of the greatest couple twists and the, the last twist <sighs> is <sighs> the end of this book is incredible. Amazing. So good. I was yeah, like, the, I was like just cheering I, I was like when i read it, i was like ah jerry's like what are you reading i'm like the end of that he's like ah. yeah, <laughs> it's so good yeah it's like great the, the cover is just like uh, it's like 
the guy and his, you know, pretend wife, and they're just, like, dressed up in this dapper 20s style, and then behind them are, like, peacocks and waterfalls and, like, birds and beautiful oh, women statues. and, like, a little kid playing a uh, lute dressed as, like, a harlequin. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, and, like, naked dressed. statues on turtles and just it's amazing it's There's a lot of dwarves with creepy masks in this yep it's really yeah it really oh, a lot of giant well this book is really tame compared to his other stuff to be yeah. honest i like if you can find it online if, if you end up reading this and liking it um mr rashi's amazing freak show is around on the internet like you can I'll, find I'll it and read it. it uh and that's great and his other book i believe it's called infernal gash is um you can you can still buy that off amazon and stuff we should get some copies in the store because it's okay pretty amazing uh yeah so Usually we try to save the best for last, and uh, way, it was highest recommendation. Yeah, this is definitely our <laughs> highest recommendation. It was kind of a toss up this week, though, because yep. this next next book is incredible. Yes, so this is uh, called Hip Hop Family Tree, Volume One, nineteen seventies to nineteen eighty one. This is by Ed Pisker. This is a, a, a collection of uh, the strips that he's been serializing on Boing Boing, and. <clears throat> God, so a lot of times it's like, oh, I read a webcomic. What's the point of buying the book? But this book is amazing. It's huge. It's like treasury size, like if you yep. know the old treasury books. Yeah. And, so uh, it was like 9 by 12 or no, 10 by 15. Right yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's huge. Whatever also, whatever the bigger one is, that's yeah. probably what it is. Do we sell out of it? Yep. Oh, we sold out of it. Oh, we we'll get more next We'll week. get more next week. We got one copy still at the other <laughs> store. Uh, yeah, so this is exactly what it says. It's a history of hip-hop from the 1970s to 1981. Uh, so the best thing about this is not only is it at this huge size, but he draws it in the style of a comic book from the late 70s or early 80s. So it's got that offset color, four dot color printing. So it's all, I don't know. Yeah, so, similar to if you've seen like um, <clears throat> some of Jim Rugg's stuff like yeah. Aphrodisiac. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so basically he just goes back to, uh, he has an extensive bibliography at the back. He has an index of like 200 early hip hop uh, people luminaries and even from the smallest person to the the biggest people of the time and he just does it chronologically he's done a huge amount of research and just says these are the people who first started doing this kind of music this is who influenced them and then this is what happened it's and insane it's just like anything you panel after panel of like and then this person did this and then they went to this party and this person heard them and yeah. they went and got stole some speakers and put out a show and then that guy said let's team up and Oh, Pretty amazing. much anything you'd ever want to know about the history of hip hop, yep. you will get from this book. Like how certain speakers came about, like how yeah. scratching started, how like who everything. came up with the term hip hop, like where did people live, who influenced who, uh, who yeah. first started coming out to like promoting it to the outside. And it's very honest. Who recorded the first album, like who stole lyrics from who. It's, right. Yeah. It's very honest. Like nobody, like a lot, like. A lot of these people are not portrayed in like a, a very good light, um, yeah. but at least not personality wise. But music, you know, is the is the key here, and then and you know, it's just incredible and and how it spreads and gets bigger and bigger. And like, I didn't realize how small it was when it started. I didn't realize that they were just doing it in kind of like like it starts in um, just, just parks, like people in parks yeah. just uh, setting up things and mixing sounds together. Yeah, so that, so that's. That's what's interesting. It, it's not like the kind of... It doesn't start with, like, the Sugar Hill Gang or whatever. Yeah, no It way. basically starts with guys who 
figured out that if you use turn t- two turntables and you're do- and you're like a party DJ, you can use the same record and you can just loop a beat so people can dance to yeah. it. And then those guys started becoming so popular that they started having <clears throat> sort of hype men MCs that would talk over what they were doing and get people hyped up. Because they were up. so busy doing cool tricks with all their records that they didn't have yeah. time to like sing or talk anymore. So there was this kind of uh, you know this kind of language that had become popular with like radio DJs and stuff right. in the in the 70s so people were doing stuff similar to that and that kind of evolved into rhymes and stuff i thought one of the most interesting things was like guys like grandmaster flash who were like once this stuff started getting popular record labels started showing up and and he's like well why would people want to listen to like what we do at parties you know this is like right. this is just what we do to get a crowd hyped yeah it's, it's also like you have to be there you can't just listen to it on a record yeah. So, yeah so the funny thing he's like they make the album and he's like i'm not on it uh you guys just rap or whatever yeah because because <laughs> they were just using samples and, right. and so they weren't able to actually do anything i thought that was cool too there talk about some of the early musicians that were doing like the backing tracks like pumpkin and his friends is like yeah. kind of the main one that's on a bunch of the yeah. tracks yeah but uh there's a part where I can't remember who's in the studio recording. It might be Spoonie G, but he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, he's rapping. He's like, th- you know, throw your hands in the air and wave him like you just don't care. And the engineer's like, who is he talking to? Is yeah. he talking to me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and no. the guy's like, it's a rap thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the best things Pisker does in this, I think, is just by its very nature, it's it's broken up and very episodic because it's like, oh, we're talking about this guy and talking about this guy. But I think. Because um, all these things are happening at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and so the, there's a lot of overlap. But when he manages to sort of weave the narrative together, right. or, or when something happens and he's like, you know, you already know about this. You already know about the treacherous three. So we're moving into like some other right. thing that's happening right. with with uh, Cool Mo D or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It was funny, like because uh, I knew like some of these names, you know. Yeah. And whenever they popped up, it was really interesting. Like where they popped up. Like I was like, oh, Cool Mo D was like with this dude, and they yeah, were, like, like I I I had heard of the treacherous three. Yeah. And and I know Cool Mo D and I know Spoonie G. I don't know uh, L A Sunshine, but I didn't right. know that they were that they were the, the treacherous three and yeah. they were in a group together and stuff like that. And I didn't know how like Sugar hill gang came together because that's really funny yeah that whole that whole scene is fantastic it's just like uh it's basically like a who's label the big, who's the big guy um look the main guy oh i can't remember the names yeah there's right. so many names in this it's hard to yeah. keep track but basically like he's like he gets like overheard in like a pizza place that he works at and somebody's like hey you want to make a record and he's like sure and they're driving around and some guy's like oh i can rap too and like, again limo <laughs> yeah. and then one other guy's like i can do it too and they're like oh, i don't know we already got two guys we're like oh let's hear you he's like all right you're great let's do it and then they're like let's make a record <laughs> and it's like how sugar hill gang comes together it's oh, really weird and who's always in the background the little kid is it run from run dmc yeah well so, so one of the best characters in this yeah. is russell simmons oh russell uh, simmons yeah. is the best <laughs> and, lisp. Yeah, yeah yeah and and run was like doing dj stuff in like the like, 70s it's crazy yeah, right. so yeah. and jazzy jeff shows up oh, yeah and jeff. there's like little bits of foreshadowing of, of that's people why that are gonna like, come Ron later is too. there's this kid and he's always like i'll oh, put me on the record and they're like go go get your diploma from school and when you have a career you know a backup i'll let you on it and that's it this whole book he never does anything you just know you're waiting for that moment when run dmc is gonna form so. or they're just talking about like and then this kid was listening to this yep. and, and that was you know notorious big yep who right. will be around later or like dr dre is in it yeah. as a little kid too yeah and then like uh I, I want to see more of this. I want to like. I want to. I, I was like, 
like I kind of know where it goes, but I'm like, I want to know like how this like it just fills in how so it much. happens. Yeah. Like it's so detailed, it's well, insanely detailed. Yeah, like, like I, you know every single thing that happened in this time period. <laughs> yeah, and I I feel like I knew a lot about a lot of this, and especially as it gets a little later, I definitely know more about like right. the sort of you know Run DMC, and I know a lot about electro like like right. electro stuff from like eighty three, eighty four, eighty five. But yeah, but they do stuff would be like oh at the same time in Connecticut, and you're like huh? And then it goes <laughs> in the Connecticut rap scene, and then down to like Georgia, and like as it spreads and. I didn't know the Blondie stuff either. Oh, yeah. Blondie. Like when Blondie's like, hey, uh, Fab Five Freddy. Fab Five Freddy, here's Meet the Clash. Yeah. (laughs) That panel is really funny. The way the Clash are drawn is hilarious. What just uh, happened? Well, yeah, because that's what kind of all this leads up to is like like Rapture, the Blondie rap song, which was probably one of the even though it's not a very good rap song, probably yeah. one of the biggest breakouts. Things, yeah. But no, like they have the scene rap. after that where a Fab Five Freddy's in the car and he's like, what? And he hears it play on the radio. It's like, I thought they were just joking for me. <laughs> I didn't realize they were recording that to put on an album. Uh, I didn't realize Fab Five Freddy was friends with... Uh, Basquiat. Basquiat, yeah, yeah, which I thought was pretty crazy. <laughs> this whole thing just, just like, like blew, That's the thing. There's so many like, little anecdotes that he just weaves seamlessly into this tale. It's like, ah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, and the whole thing's well done. The art is really cartoony and really funny at the same time yeah. there are a bunch of uh there are a bunch of great pinups in the back by a lot of really yeah. good people oh, oh that's the other thing i thought like because people were making recordings of these parties when people would throw them so i realized that like this is legitimately what these people were rapping at these particular shows it's not just like oh here's yeah, you know, they, a later song and some stuff it's like no this is probably from like a recording a, that happened like a traveling act and yeah. they just had these lines that they did all the time and then eventually like you know yeah, recorded. but I mean, this is like not just like them trying to interpret what happened. This is yeah. he could literally quote what happened right. with these things. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, the, the the book is amazing. I <sighs> if yeah. you're interested in this stuff at all, I recommend it. And it's it's really funny too. Like yeah. just no. the it's really fun to read. It's really dense. There's a lot yeah. of information in there. It took like four hours to read this, but it's never dry. Like it's no. always it's always really interesting. I I feel like Ed Pisker knows what's interesting about what he's talking about yeah. and how to keep people interested in the subject. And and the book is amazing. Yeah, and he's got a discography at the back of all these songs he talks about, plus all the break samples that people would use in like their party records. And so we made a mix today. Just we found as many as we could. We had 127 songs. Uh, only of which very few had heard. It was really cool to hear some of these. Yeah. It was awesome. really good. Yeah. So good. Uh, yeah. When I was listening to it, I was like, oh, that's Cowboy. And I was like, I just uh, read a panel with him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So definitely uh, high, high, high recommendation for Super this book. High, yeah. Uh, listen to, uh, while I was reading it, I was listening to uh, the instrumental for The Breaks by Curtis Blow over go. and there over you again. Go. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So a great book. Uh, Actually, just like a great week of comics. Yeah. There was a bunch of stuff we didn't get to talk about, which we'll get to pretty soon. There was yeah, a, there was a, lot a new of great um, graphic novels. Yeah, there was a new Mizuki book that came out this week, but it was just too long for us to read it. Yeah. So we'll get to that. And a book called Cute Girl Network. That, and um, what's that one called? <laughs> I forget what it's called. Oh, and yeah, uh, the next ten cent manga book yeah. too. So no, yeah, so we'll have a bunch of good stuff. I guess next time, maybe maybe on the hundred on the hundredth episode. episode. Yeah, well, it's gonna be crazy, you guys. Uh, yeah, so there won't be another episode till then. So we will we'll be, be back up. on December sixth. But yeah, uh, send us all your questions. We'll be happy to read them if you aren't able to make it to the live episode. Yeah, and we'll if you're coming to, to the live guys. one, think up some questions to tell us. Ask yeah, us uh, in anything. Person. We'll have stuff. That's that. Yeah. See you guys next time. See you. Bye. <laughs>